Good morning. It's good to be here today.
thank you, God, that uh, you are here with us today. We, God, we just want to put our trust in you. We believe in you, Jesus. Thank you for all you have done for us, Lord. Help us to worship you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Your strength it found me at my weakest. Your grace poured out in my despair. When I feel lifeless, tired, burned out, and defeated, your perfect love will find me there. You called my name, you made all things new. Oh, I was dead, but look at me now. I found revival in you. If you have your Bible, let's go to Hebrews chapter 7. Again, we started this difficult chapter last week, and last week the text was 7, 1 through 10, and I knew I wasn't going to get through it all. We took last week's message in parts. I want to go back uh, this morning and catch up on some verses that we did not deal with last Sunday. So Hebrews chapter 7, we'll just do 1 through 4 this morning, Hebrews 7, 1 through 4, a very mysterious character, Melchizedek, and only uh, in the Old Testament, he is, he is, uh, there are given three verses to him, and then in uh, Genesis chapter 14, but also David mentions him one time in Psalm chapter 110, verse 4. So mysterious in that way, not a lot, whole lot said, and so the pastor to this Hebrew Christian church uses Mel Melchizedek 
as an, as an example. <clears throat> so let's look again this week right now at this mysterious man, Mel- Melchizedek, that this pastor uses as an, as an analogy. <clears throat> uh, chapter 7, 1 through 4. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Just real quick, I touched on this last week, won't spend a lot of time here, but the setting is, is Abraham going to rescue uh, his nephew, Lot, and after the rescue, he comes back and he meets this strange king of Jerusalem, Mel- Melchizedek. And so that's the setting of it, Abraham and Melchizedek. Verse 2, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, or a a tithe, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Now here's the strange part. This is what makes this man so mysterious. Look at it in verse 3. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remaining a priest continually. Made like the Son of God. Jesus is not like Melchizedek. Melchizedek is like Jesus. Okay, that's important because who came first? Jesus did. This is a strange person uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. I don't want to get too far, too far ahead of myself. But So he is made like the Son of God. Now consider how great, verse 4, consider how great this man was. Stop right there. Consider how great this man, consider who he is. Uh, there's mystery. I'm going to start right there. There's mystery in the in the scriptures, in what God does, and there's mystery, and, and not everything can, can be explained. I want to go over this one thought before we move on in your outline. There's an outline of this on the backside of your announcements. Uh, before we get too far in, the shadow of the cross falls backward and forward. Because we're talking about a man that's uh, introduced in the Old Testament, and now he's talked about in the New Testament. The shadow of the cross falls backward and forward. Old Testament saints, Old Testament people, were saved according to what Jesus would do. So the, cro- the, the, the shadow of the cross falls backward. So Old Testament, like Abraham, was saved according to what Jesus would do. The shadow of the cross falls forward to us. We are New Testament folks. So as the shadow of the cross falls forward to us, we are saved according to what Jesus did. And the book of Hebrews deals with this over and over, that there's a finished work of Jesus on the cross. So I am saved according to what Jesus did. Abraham is saved according to what Jesus would do. Abraham looks forward to what Jesus, who the Messiah would be. I look back to who the Messiah is and was, I'm sorry, look back to who the Messiah was, what he did, who he is also, and what he will do. Okay, so the shadow of the cross goes back and forth. And we are all saved according to what Jesus did on the cross. Old Testament folks were just looking forward to what he would do and what he would be. Can you see Jesus 
in people, if you're looking at your outline. Can you see Jesus in people? As Abraham looked at Melchizedek, uh, who was this man? I don't know. When you read the description of him, I don't know. I, can't, I cannot explain him. Who, who was he? As, as, as Abraham looked at him, this is kind of the point. Abraham must have thought, who, who are you? Who are you without beginning of days? No father, no mother, no, no, no parents, no genealogy. How can that be? How can that, who are you? How can that be? And that, that, that even a man as great as Abraham would pay tithes to him. So Abraham saw something in him that he really didn't see in anybody else because you don't see this ever happening with anyone else. So who is this? We're going to put a list of people. These are Old Testament folks. Old Testament, sometimes we use the word saint. Old, Old Testament saints. And these, just, these are some thoughts that, that came to mind. Abraham, in his encounter with Melchizedek, who was Melchizedek? Was that Jesus that Abraham saw? I'm going to uh, put a scripture. I'm going to jump ahead, then come back. The scripture is in John chapter 8, 56 through 58. And Jesus talking to some Jews. And he said, your father Abraham, talking to some Jews in Jesus' day, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? You, you get uh, their, their struggle with that. Jesus, thousands of years after Abraham, said, I saw Abraham's day. He said, you're not even 50 years old. How can that be? And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Okay, back to the list. There's Abraham, Isaac, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Abraham, Jacob, Jacob, etc., so Abraham runs into this strange man. Is that Jesus? I, I don't care how many commentators I read. The answer all comes back to, I don't know. There's, as the story goes on, Abraham, uh, just before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, you remember that story? A Abraham's outside of his tent. He, they haven't had a child yet. They were promised that they would have, but they have not had Isaac yet. And three men come to the tent. And there's a very little description of those three men. Uh, so they, they come to the tent, they eat, and, and they prophesy to Abraham again. In fact, it says, uh, this time next year, we come back, your wife will have a child. And Sarah, this isn't part of the story, but she's in the tent and she begins to laugh. And one of the men looked inside the tent and said, what are you laughing about? And Sarah said, I didn't laugh. <laughs> I didn't laugh. And he said, oh, yes, you did laugh. No, I, no, I didn't laugh. Oh, yes, you did. In fact, you're going to name your son Isaac, which means what? To laugh. I didn't laugh. Oh, yeah, you did. And so these three men came and they prophesied about the birth of Isaac. And, and no matter how many times I read the story, it's mysterious because I can't really figure out how they're doing this. But it appears to me, it seems like, when you read the story, that those three men, they leave, but as they're leaving, they have a discussion among themselves, should we tell Abraham what we're going to do? They're on their way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It seems like two of the men go ahead and leave. 
the angels who visit Sodom and Gomorrah. It seems like one of the men stays and talks with Abraham about the destruction of Sodom, and that's how Lot is saved, as Abraham seemingly talks him into. And Abraham calls him Lord. It doesn't say an angel. It's, he, just, he calls him Lord. And Abraham and the Lord have a talk. Is that Jesus? Is that Jesus that was with those other two men? I don't know. So Jacob, Abraham's grandson, uh, has been away for a long time, and he's got this huge amount of people, children, flocks, and herds he's bringing back to meet Esau, his brother. And it's nighttime, and he sends the, uh, everything else across the brook Jacob, Jabok, Jabok. And Jacob stays on one side. The whole troop, everybody else goes on the other side. That night, he wrestles with a man. That's what the Bible says. He wrestles with a man, and, and they wrestle all night long. And that's the night when uh, the man says to Jacob, it's beginning to get day, turn me loose. And Jacob says, I will not turn you loose until you bless me. And the man, the man blessed him there and changed his name from Jacob to Israel right there and Jacob uh, says mysteriously he said I wrestled with God all night doesn't say it was an angel said I wrestled with God all night and have prevailed well you're not going to wrestle with God and prevail unless he lets you is that is that Jesus that Jacob Jacob wrestled with all night long I'm going to skip some names and come back to him in a little bit in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into a furnace. And uh, is it Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar, the king, looks into the furnace. And he said, I thought we threw three men into the furnace. But when I look in, I see four. And that fourth man looks like the Son of God. Was that Jesus? In every one of those cases, my answer to you is, I don't have any idea. But it's, but it's these Old Testament saints seeing somebody and, in, and encountering somebody. And I don't want you to forget, the shadow of the cross falls backward. They were, they were always looking for the Messiah to come and what the Messiah would be. And they were seeing signs and they were seeing strange pe people and it was all directing them according to, to, to the future, to what would be, to who Jesus might be, even though they didn't know him by name. Okay, always looking, always looking forward. I want to show you, we're going to, uh, I, Matt, I can't remember. Do we have this? Uh, are, we, are we putting Matthew chapter t chapter 25 on the screen? Okay, Matthew chapter 25, 31 through 37, and then verse 40. We're going to put this on the screen, and I'm going to read it out of mine. Bringing us up to our day, though, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25. Can you see Jesus in people? 
Again at verse 31. Jesus is talking about uh, the end of time. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Here's what I want you to see. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you? Stop right there. When did we see you? Then in verse 40, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. If you read your Bible, you know that Jesus, this is talking to the sheep. He goes ahead and talks to the goats, and he uses the exact same thing. Jesus said, You saw me. And, and you, you either helped me or you did not help me, but you saw me. I was there. We talked about these strange events in the, in the Old Testament. It's hard to, get a, uh, hard to wrap your arms around it. It's hard to say, I know that was Jesus that Abraham saw, or I know that was Jacob, uh, that was Jesus that Jacob wrestled with, or I know that was Jesus in the furnace. It's, it's, it's hard to say that, but God does give us instances where Jesus is right there, where it's right there in front of us. He's right there in front of us. And Jesus himself goes through this long uh, this long thought in Matthew 25 about there are these times that, that these people were standing right in front of you. And the, we would ask, when did we, see, when did we see him? When did we see you in him? When did we see you in her? When you saw her, when you saw him, when you saw the least of these, who they needed your help. They needed you. And I, and I was them, in a sense. You saw me when you saw them. I want you to think about this, this uh, question. Do you notice anything? I'm, I'm sorry, Matt. This is not, this is not on, the, on the screen, but it is, it is on, on your notes. Do you notice anything about the list? How are all these lists alike, the common thing? When Jesus goes through this list of, of uh, I was sick, I was hung, hungry, I was, do you notice anything about the list? Everything about the list is something bad. When you encounter people going through something bad, now that doesn't mean that that's exclusively all there will ever be. But isn't it odd how we tend to only see Jesus or, or are taught to or want to only see Jesus in things that are good? Because when we're blessed or someone's blessed, we say, oh, well, Jesus is, Jesus is in that. But when something's bad, when it doesn't, they don't seem to be blessed, when they're hungry, when they're without clothes, when they're in 
prison, when they're in the hospital, when they're, then, then we begin to wonder, well, I'm not sure that Jesus is in that. But everything, every part of the list that Jesus said, I was right there, is something bad. They were right there in front of us. They were right there in front of me. Uh, a few weeks ago, I asked you to be praying about somebody in your life that is, uh, that is uh, persistently unrepentant. And I'm not, I'm not going to give up on that. And I asked all of us to, to pick out someone who is persistently unrepentant and, and continue to pray for them. Uh, I've got somebody in, in, in my mind, on my heart. I uh, ran into him last week. Just uh, wasn't, didn't plan to. Ran, ran into him unexpectedly. There, there, he, there he was. Okay, uh, Been praying but there he was, right in front of me. And, and I, was, I was busy. Somebody else I needed to go see, somebody, something. You know, I, was, I, I did, did not have a lot of time. But he said, hey, hey, uh, sit down and talk to me a while. Okay, I was busy. I said, man, I got this. And he almost, I almost did this, pull a chair up on stage. He took his foot and he kicked out a chair for me to sit. He said, sit down and talk to me a while. And I hadn't planned on that. I hadn't planned. And, every, and all the rest of my day was messed up. Because when he, something about when he kicked out the chair and said, sit down and talk to me a while. When he kicked out the chair, oddly enough, that's where a lot of this thought to, today came from. Is that Jesus? Is that Jesus? This chance that I wasn't expecting, this chance encounter that I wasn't p planning on, this thing that messed up the rest of my day and my schedule, is that Jesus? I think it is. And so I sat down for, 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 an, for an hour or so, and, and we just talked. The, the man that I'd been talking, the man that I'd been praying for, all of a sudden he's right there in front of me. And all of a sudden I, I had this chance that I hadn't planned on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. I wrote this down. I, I keep a notebook and I write down thoughts that I'm, when I work on a message and I write down thoughts that are significant. And I wrote this down, because, but it had to do with other things that were on my mind. But I wrote this in my notebook this morning. And it had, it, all of a sudden, it came to mind, and it has to do now, even though the original thought was something else, that I am not here to uh, plan. I, I'm not sure how I wrote that down. It's not, there was another word I put in there. I'm not here to create plans I'm here to follow the plan. I'm not here to create the plan. I'm here to follow the plan. And God is not in the, in the act of planning. He's already planned. He's not planning as he goes. He's not changing it as he goes. He's already planned. The problem is if, if his plans are, if the, the book written for me is, is this thick, it's already been planned for me. All right. My job is not to plan. My job is to follow the plan. The problem is he's only giving it to me sheet by sheet for that day. 
He hasn't given me the whole plan book for my life. He's given it to me sheet by sheet for that day. So my job is not to plan. My job is to follow the plan. I wonder how many times that Jesus, in this way of speaking, is standing right in front of us. The opportunity is right in front of us. The person is right in front of us, but he doesn't look like what I thought he would look like. So that happened, and then a couple days ago, I was standing outside a food truck waiting for my food. People all around, a woman that I saw across the street. Have you ever got the feeling that somebody's coming to talk to you? I don't know. This may just be me. All these people around, a woman across the street is crossing the street, and I have the feeling she's coming to me. And sure enough, she crosses the street and comes straight to me and asks for help. And I thought, is that Jesus? She sure doesn't look like Jesus, but she sure does look like him, doesn't she? All of Jesus said that there were people that you encountered. They were without clothes. They didn't have anything to eat. They needed this and they, they needed that. And they were standing right in front of you. And some of you refused to see it. And some of you did see it though. Abraham encounters this man. I don't know if that's Jesus or not. But Jesus is getting Abraham trained. He's trying to get him. You need to be looking ahead and so do we. I'm going to go back to that list, Matt, if you would. Mo Moses and David and Isaiah, and they didn't have encounters exactly like a Abraham did, but they were men. I put them on the list because they were men who wrote in, the, in what they wrote. They could see, in a way, Jesus so clearly. Moses said, there's going to come a prophet after me who's like me but better than me. David wrote about the crucifixion of Jesus so plainly, and Jesus fulfilled it exactly. Isaiah wrote about the life and the crucifixion of Christ so plainly and in such detail. David and Isaiah and Moses and Jacob and Abraham Dan, Daniel and the, the men with him, they had a vision. They had a, they, the scenes played out before their eyes. However God did that, I'm not sure. But they had a vision of who the Messiah would be. We're looking ahead also at who the, who the Messiah would be as he comes back. But also, Jesus made it very plain, but we've got people standing right in front of us. That's Jesus. And we will be judged one day according to that. So that's, can you see Jesus in the people? And I'm going to close with this. Can you see Jesus in the times? Romans chapter 8, 18 through 22. Romans chapter 8, 18 through 22. I've been thinking about this a lot, especially this last verse, verse 22. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Uh, for the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of, him, because of him who subjected it in hope. 
because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Paul up to this time is he's talking about the end. There's coming an end when everything's going to be made right. Not only the people but the creation itself. And verse 22 is what I've been thinking about a lot. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. I think that's exactly what's going on with the world that we live in. This creation, it groans. What is going on with our world? It's groaning, waiting until the, until the end comes. Can you see Jesus in the times? What on earth's going on around us? What on earth's going on in our society, in our culture? Can you see Jesus in the times? Can you see the time? growing nearer can you see that let me ask you very point blankly are you paying attention are you paying attention to the people that you encounter do you see Jesus in are you paying attention do you have your eyes open to what's going on around you that there's something, listen, there's something going on around you that uh, makes a huge difference in whether you're used or not, whether you're involved or not, whether you see it or not. Can you see what's going on around you? Can you see it? Open our eyes. Can you see it in the people that Jesus, uh, the woman <laughs> walks across the street and comes directly to me. I just, it, it just blows my mind that I can't see that or that I wouldn't see that. The man kicks out a chair, the very man I've been praying for, and says, sit down and talk to me a while. Can I not see that? This is Jesus at work. Can you see what's going on around us? I... Uh, I remember years ago when I was uh, early years in building, building houses, okay? So to me, a big deal on the cost of construction, the construction material, you know, obviously a big deal. I remember back then when if there was a hurricane on the East Coast or the Gulf Coast, it greatly affected the price of the material, and every few years... Every four or five years, we would have a hurricane that would cause great disruption. Every four or five years. We have, instead of a hurricane every four or five years, we have four or five hurricanes a year. I can't look at that and not see there's something going on. That our creation is groaning. Our earth is groaning, waiting for the, for the redemption. There's something going on in the atmosphere. There's something going on in the earth. And only a blind person, a spiritually blind person, couldn't see it. That's what's going on with our earth. And it will continue. And it will continue. Paul, wrote, Paul writes to Timothy, he said, Evil men and seducers will get worse and worse. Not better, worse. Are things ever going to get back to normal? My answer is, my prophecy is no. No. Why? Because we're going to the end. We're on our way 
to the end? Can you not see it in the people around you? Can you not see it in the times? Do you just have your eyes so closed that you don't see what's going on? We are making our way to the end. My question to all of us, first of all, is with people around you, pay attention to them, love them. This is Jesus standing in front of you. Then the other is, as we make our way to the end, are you ready? Are you ready? Hebrews chapter 10, when we get there, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, says, uh, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together like this. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but encourage each other. Here's what I want you to see. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. So much the more as you see the day approaching. I may be the only one in the room. I hope not. I see the day approaching. I see the end approaching. And if that scares you, I'm sorry. Maybe you need to be scared. What I really want you to be What I really want you to be is ready. I'm going to ask you to stand. And uh, musicians, come forth. I'm going to ask the congregation, if you would, to bow your head with me. And I'm going to talk to two different people right now. The first would be those who need to be praying for someone else okay you need to be praying for someone else there's somebody that you've been praying for somebody on on your heart but praying for someone else and those people that cross your path and and praying for them being concerned about them so during our prayer time this morning you may want to come and pray for someone else maybe somebody crossed your path last week or or just somebody right now is crossing your mind Somebody's on your mind, and you want to come and pray for them. Then the other is somebody in the house who needs to come and pray for themselves. What I've talked about, some of it's scary. I just want to be sure that you're ready. Is there anybody in the house who just is not sure of your relationship with Jesus Christ? And you want to be sure. I am ready to go. How about you? If there's any doubt in your mind at all, if there's any hesitance at all, I, I want you to come and pray. Just making sure that Jesus is my Savior, that, that I have a relationship with him, that I am right with him. I am ready for that last day. So much the more as you see that day approaching. Open your eyes as we see that day approaching. I want to be ready to meet Jesus face to face because we will. If you need to come and pray for someone else, I invite you to come. If you need to come and pray for yourself, I invite you to come. But while they play and sing, these altars are here and these seats are here. 
you're welcome and invited to come and pray.
the days of loss into the cross you knew that I need a Savior I need a Savior 